0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Every now and then I do stories about exonerations, people who are in prison, and the courts say, you know, this person here should not be in prison or no, let them go, but not because of a technicality on appeal or something, but because they're actually innocent. And actual innocence is one of the standards that is quite difficult to hit, but we hear about it from time to time where somebody's exhausted all of their legal appeals. And, and finally, the argument is, look, I didn't do it, and I can prove it. And now, some of this happens where it couldn't have happened in court because people came forward later and so on. But it's very, very different from a typical appeal. And a typical appeal is, you know, mistakes were made at my trial. Uh, They let evidence in that they shouldn't have, or they excluded evidence they shouldn't have, that kind of thing. But once in a while, a court will actually say, no, it's clear this person did not do it. We're going to let them go. In fact, I wrote a book about Timothy Masters, uh, and that's the case with him. He spent 10 years in prison for a murder he did not commit and later, they could basically prove that, and so they had to let him go. And so we have a story here that Mark Phillips sent me from CNN. Missouri man who served 27 years in prison is freed as a judge vacates his murder conviction. CNN publishes this one. Andy Rose and Elizabeth Wolfe wrote it. A Missouri man has been serving a life sentence for nearly three decades, was set free after a judge ruled he is innocent, and vacated his murder conviction. So they're not saying we're giving you a new trial. No, this guy didn't do it. He is innocent. And let him go. The man was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole in 1995 after being convicted of murder in the death of another man the year before. At the time, police said the man and someone else had killed the victim. But this man was given a new hearing after the St. Louis Circuit Attorney filed a motion last year, saying his conviction was based in large part on false eyewitness testimony and accused prosecutors and investigators of misconduct. Uh, On Tuesday, the Missouri Circuit Court judge ruled that the man's trial included constitutional error and said there is clear and convincing evidence of his actual innocence. So, yes, mistakes were made in the trial, but we actually know for a fact that this man is innocent by clear and convincing evidence. He appeared to tear up in the courtroom as the judge announced the decision. He then smiled as he left the courthouse and declined to speak to reporters. I don't blame him at all because you've been in a prison for 27 years. Now you get to walk outside. You don't want to waste it talking to people you don't know. Go find the people you do know and hang out with them for a while. So this is an amazing day that we showed the city of St. Louis and the state of Missouri is about justice and not defending the finality of a conviction. Uh, That, of course, is the circuit attorney speaking. And I've mentioned before that one of the problems that happens in our legal system is quite often prosecutors will dig in their heels and fight every single appeal, regardless of what's presented to them. And they act as if, well, it may not have been my case, but my predecessor won this case, and overturning it will make my office look bad. And that's not the job of the prosecutor. Prosecutor's job is not to get convictions of just everybody that comes into their office or crosses their desk, okay? So if somebody's not guilty, they shouldn't be found guilty. The uh, attorney said that, uh, I'm talking about the circuit attorney, asked the court to vacate the murder conviction after the only eyewitness at trial recanted. They had one eyewitness who later said, yeah, I wasn't being truthful when I testified. So another man signed a sworn affidavit confessing to involvement in the murder. So they got a confession from somebody else, and the main eyewitness in this case recanted. During a five-day court hearing held in December, the other man testified that he and someone else who has since died committed the crime over a drug dispute. So that man there was sentenced to life in a separate homicide. And this other man served less than six years for the murder, according to one of the attorneys for the man who's now been exonerated. On the night of the killing, the man who was exonerated had an alibi. And prosecutors did not present any physical evidence linking him to the crime says, no physical evidence and one eyewitness. And the eyewitness has since recanted. Uh, prosecutors relied quite heavily on the single eyewitness who identified this man as one of the killers. During the new hearing, the lone eyewitness recanted his identification of the man who was exonerated as the one who committed the crime. The hearing also determined that prosecutors paid him as witness compensation before the trial that was not disclosed to the defense attorneys. So you pay a witness $4,000 before he testifies favorably for you and you don't disclose that to the defense, that is a serious problem. And just in case you're curious, because people will ask, if the man swore under oath the first time about something and then he comes into court and swears under oath The second time to something else, you might go, if he's claiming to be a liar, why should we believe him now? Well, (laughs) that's an interesting question. But of course, imagine what it takes for you to go into court and get on the stand and swear that, yes, I committed perjury and I put that man in jail for 27 years. So it's not something the average person would say. But the fact that he was paid witness compensation, um, I'm not quite sure what right the prosecution has to slide four grand across the table to a witness before a trial and say, hey, come on, we need you to testify. Here's four grand as compensation. By the way, witnesses often do get a fee if they're subpoenaed, uh, a, a, te- you know, a fee for showing up to court as designed to cover their travel costs. okay? Uh, and presumably, you're wasted time, but the amount is nowhere near $4,000. So that's a, a crazy concept right there. And again, even if that was legitimate, you have to disclose that to the other side because it shows bias. On cross-examination, when that man testifies and I get to stand up and cross-examine him, I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on the $4,000 that the prosecution gave you in exchange for your testimony. They bought your testimony for $4,000. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, the lead prosecutor in the original case told CNN a few years ago the witness may have been compensated out of fear for his life and we may have relocated him. But this was 25 years ago and I cannot tell you with certainty. (laughs) Very sad. They tracked the guy down who did the prosecution 25 years ago. And he says that the witness may have been compensated and we may have relocated him, but I cannot tell you. And that's another question. How often did you pay witnesses? Of all the witnesses you paid, you never bothered to tell the defense? That seems kind of strange and inappropriate. Evidence presented in the most recent hearing showed that police interfered with the lone eyewitness's identification. And that witness said during the most recent hearings that he felt pressured to pick someone out of a lineup. In other words, they put a lineup in front of you of actual people, or the cards, the photographs on the table in front of you, and they go, do you see the person here? And while you're looking at it, somebody reaches over and taps the one that you're supposed to see. Now, we don't know if that's what it happened, but it does say here he felt pressured to pick someone. Meanwhile, the prosecutor of the original case in 2019 Uh, said that the allegations of prosecutorial misconduct were outlandish and a one-sided hatchet job. (laughs) Hey, dude, you're the one paying witnesses $4,000 and not telling a defense. And and you're the one who is convicting somebody who didn't do it. There is an old joke among prosecutors. Anyone can convict a guilty man. Convicting an innocent man, now that's difficult. Uh, The Midwest Innocence Project which has provided legal support to this man, says he is not eligible to seek any compensation under the state law there. The group established a GoFundMe page to help start his new life outside prison, saying he will enter the free world with no resources to begin his new life outside of prison walls. And so that's what I mentioned at the top, I believe, is that in some states, they'll actually say, if you're wrongfully convicted and let out of jail, you will get compensated so much per year for your wrongful imprisonment. Other states specifically say, you cannot be compensated for it. And then there's some states where you can be compensated, but you got to file a lawsuit. So I mentioned earlier, Timothy Masters, the man who spent 10 years in prison for a murder he didn't commit in Colorado, uh, when he got out, he filed lawsuits. And they wound up settling with him and paying him because the case at Kenston was so egregious. And so in this case, it turns out that Missouri's got no such law and no such ability to recover money on behalf of a wrongfully incarcerated person. But Again, the important thing here is they're not saying, oh, his trial is unfair. We're going to overturn a conviction. They're saying, no, there's clear and convincing evidence that he's innocent. And along with that, there was one eyewitness who has since recanted that eyewitness was paid $4,000 to testify and now says that he was kind of shown who to point to at the lineup And there was no physical evidence connecting this man to the crime. So there you go. So it's a crazy story. And sadly, you know, this is not the last man we'll hear about in a situation like this, or woman, because right now there are other people in prison. Now, don't get me wrong. Of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people in prison across America, the number of these wrongfully incarcerated people is very small. as a fraction of that. But... Keep in mind, if it's one person, you can relate to it, because what if it was you? So there you go. Mark Phillip, thanks for sending it. C-N-N ran it. Andy Rose and Elizabeth Wolfe wrote it. Missouri man who served 27 years in prison is freed as a judge, vacates his murder conviction. It says clear and convincing evidence. He did not do it. But the trial against him was also screwed up. So there you go. Questions your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Even if happiness forgets you a little bit, never completely forget about it.